Wow. Well, that definitely wasn't what I was expecting from the Challenge All-Stars, but I was very much so pleasantly surprised with what I just consumed that was, dare I say, better than any episode of the Challenge Double Agents this season. And I'm hooked. The Challenge All-Stars was amazing. Uh, I'm Luke Duska from DuskaPop.com. I'm here to talk about episode one today, and I will be here from wire to wire, episode one to episode nine, talking about the challenge, and it's just a solo podcast for me, but I'm excited to get into everything going now, going down this season, and it's going to be a wild one, just based off that episode. So there was a lot of good, some bad, but not as much bad as I was expecting. The challenge obviously wasn't the best competition ever. There was a lot of people in that challenge that just didn't contribute anything and shouldn't really even be on the show. But I think almost everyone in this cast is going to be, is going to be able to provide amazing entertainment. And I couldn't be more excited for this season. Um, It started off great. Paramount plus, is just shaping up to be a fantastic streaming service. They they really have everything going on for them, and the show is just another uh, notch on the belt because it, it's it's very good. And as someone who has loved the challenge since the first episode they watched, I couldn't be more excited for this endeavor. And honestly, this could end up being a better season than what we're watching now with the challenge couple agents and what we saw probably the past three or four years from the challenge besides war of the worlds two, I thought war of the worlds two was an amazing season, but there's no need to get into that now because this is a challenge all stars podcast. So I'm going to get into it now. The intro was spectacular. We had TJ saying the challenge is the most thrilling competition series ever created. And I'd tend to have to agree with TJ. It's, Right up there with me uh, with Survivor in terms of being my favorite television show overall. I've loved Survivor since probably the sixth grade, and I love the challenge just as much because I discovered that probably a year or so later. I've seen basically every season, uh, including the pre-actual challenge days when they did the real world and road rules little combinations, and they would have probably six cast members from each show show up and just do a bunch of road rules type challenges and um, compete for what $10,000 combined. So uh, you have a few people from those shows on this show, which is pretty wild because you can't even find those old shows on the internet anymore. There's, there's such relics, but you have some of those people that were on those shows in the early two thousands, uh, on this rendition of the challenge in 2021, which is completely wild, but it's, it's, it's exciting at the same time. So, um, an epic intro, like I was saying, TJ kicks us off and, uh, we kind of just cut right to the challengers getting off the bus. The first person to step off is Katie Cooley, who is a very iconic challenge character. I think she's been on at least nine seasons and she's had some legendary moments, including her winning a, I, I believe she won an elimination in the Inferno while smoking a cigarette. So um, just some wild moments from Katie. We see her uh, verbal sparring with, I want to say Veronica in one clip from the Inferno and she's just a firecracker. She always has been. And um, I'm sure she'll bring some of that out eventually on this All-Stars rendition, or her being a mom has completely taken that away, but I don't know. I, there's probably something in there with Katie uh, still lingering um, from her challenge days in the past. I think her last season was cutthroat, she said. Didn't go well. I kind of remember her being on the blue team, which ended up coming in third place, I believe, in that challenge. It might have been second. Uh, I haven't watched Cutthroat in a while, but um, she hasn't been on the show in a while, and it's exciting to see her back. 
I'm just going to go over the characters that they showed getting off the bus um, individually. I think there was probably four or five of those, and then they just kind of sped up. The next was Mark Long, who obviously is the father of this little endeavor here. He kind of led the charge to get this show on the air. He was the one that really was pushing it to MTV and trying to get funding together for this OGs show to happen. Originally, it was We Want OGs. That was Mark Long's trending hashtag. And, I mean, he did a fantastic job uh, lobbying this to MTV and uh, Buda Murray, I guess. And he, he got this thing together and on the air. So a boatload of credit should go to Mark Long for putting this thing together. And he is also one of the fiercest competitors in the history of the show. He doesn't have accolades like a Darrell or a CT Jordan or bananas um, to really back up how good he is in the challenge. But he, in his time on the show, his, his six seasons, I believe that he was on, he goes very far in all of them. And he, his track record is, is proven. He, like I said, he doesn't have the wins to back it up, but he's always been a great competitor and he goes far in pretty much every season he is, he's in. He has a great quote when he gets off the bus. He says he has a size 15 shoe and he's ready to jam it up someone's ass. So Mark Long is here to play. He obviously put this together, but he, he wants to win too. So I'm very excited to see Mark Long on this season he's been trying to get back on the show for years he finally has his opportunity here i believe if mark puts in a good performance on this season he can definitely spring this springboard this into getting back on the main show and that would just be wild to have a 50 year old on the challenge but i'm if it's mark long i'm all for it so the next off the bus is my favorite to win this entire thing it's Alton. Alton was last on Battle of the Seasons, the second version. He didn't have a great showing on that season of the show, but overall, previous to that, Alton was, I want to say, the best person that's ever been on the show, next to Landon or probably Jordan. Alton is up there with them. When he's trying... Alton can easily win any season of the show. So I'm excited to see Alton. He's my favorite to win this season. If he puts in the effort, we need to see Alton actually want to compete and actually want to win this show. And I think he he's in to win this season. He had, he had a nice quote getting off the bus uh, and he has kids. So he, he he's playing for someone. He wants to win some money to provide for his family. So I think Alton, if he, there's a huge caveat if Alton is in it to win it, Alton could easily, easily win the show. So next we have uh, Gisela, who actually falls down the stairs of the bus getting off, which is great. Uh, it's kind of funny that that happens because um, you'd obviously want, you'd see the producers want you to see uh, Gisela as kind of a joke, but she's actually a fierce, fierce competitor. and. Um, you just can't let that kind of slip up fool you into thinking that she's not going to compete well on the show because she does better than any other women on the sh- woman on the show uh, in this episode. So um, she, the last time she was on the show was the gauntlet too. She didn't have a nice, a very good showing there. She gave up an elimination. She might've been the first person that TJ ever, uh, comes down hard on for uh, quitting, which is funny because uh, as the years go by and TJ builds up his reputation, that's one of the huge things. TJ hates quitters, and this might have been the first person that TJ ever um, really got on for quitting. So it's funny that she's back on the show, but she she looks like she's ready to compete today, and uh, um, she's one of the favorites for uh, on the women's side. I know there's only one winner, but uh, she's definitely one of the best female competitors on the show this season. And I'm excited to watch her. Uh, and then next we have Cyrus, who is probably one of the most OG 
characters on this season of OGs. He was on the real world, real world Boston, I believe. So that was one of the seasons that took place in the nineties. And he was the winner of the challenge, the extreme challenge, which was one of the seasons, like I mentioned earlier that they kind of brought like a couple cast members from each of the real world and road rule shows together to do a, a few challenges together. And, uh, the winner, um, it wasn't hard to win. Let me just say, let me put it that way. There was like a five episode season. Um, you could call it the challenge if you want. Um, but they count as wins, uh, on the challenge wiki and they count as wins on the show. So Cyrus is a winner of the challenge, but he never won a, a real proper season of the challenge. He said he was in the past. He'd been known as one of the big dogs and, uh, he wanted to bring that back, but I don't know. I never really saw a lot out of Cyrus on these quote unquote real seasons. So Cyrus has a lot to prove to me. Uh, I, I kind of distinctly remember him getting absolutely dominated by Derek K who is a lot smaller than him. And um, so he has a lot of work to put in this season to prove that he is one of the, uh, better past competitors of the challenge because I just haven't seen that in the past. So uh, he's kind of out of left field with that one. Next is Trishel, uh, who has a troubled history on the show. She's quit it multiple times, and I'm not really expecting that much out of Trishel. So anything that she does well will shock me, but um, I'm very open to being shocked by Trishel because she – is a great character overall and having her on the show will make the show better. So if she's able to compete well, then I will be pleasantly surprised, but I'm definitely not expecting her to win the show for sure. So that's pretty much it for all the individuals that got off the bus uh, and they kind of got their own little confessional and reintroduction. So um, we kind of get all the players lined up by TJ uh, he explains the format of the show. It's kind of like a free agents format. You have individuals, but from daily to daily, they will either compete as pairs, individuals, or a team, like you saw on today's episode or this week's episode. Um, so it'll vary like that, but there will only be one winner. So it's kind of a vendetta style, uh, only one overall winner, unlike free agents, which had two. And then another thing was that the prize for this season is actually $500,000, which is pretty wild. I was shocked by that number when I heard TJ say it because this is kind of like a, a chance versus stars type season in my mind, but not anymore because hearing that $500,000 number kind of elevated it for me. I was considering like a chance or a stars type season. And then hearing that and uh, seeing the amount of effort put into the intro and all that stuff really elevated in my mind. It's no longer like a chance or a stars type season. It's, it's the, pretty much the challenge. I don't know if people will consider this challenge uh, part of like the main show, like stats and accolades from this show, but um, it's definitely a step above uh, what we've seen before from spinoff challenge shows and $500,000 is a huge sum of money. So these people are going to be competing hard and uh, it's just exciting. So um, we kind of move on from TJ talking. Uh, we're moving into the house. Jemmy says that you don't have to be a champ to be legendary on the show. I would tend to disagree with that. I'd say most of the legendary characters on the show have one seasons I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that hasn't won a season that is really a legend of the show besides Leroy. And you could debate that Leroy is even a legend of the show at this point. He's a huge character. He's been a huge character since he started on the show. But uh, that legend status is pretty coveted, and I don't know if you would consider Leroy there yet. If he wins double agents, then for sure Leroy is a legend. But I really wouldn't say that anyone that has not won the show has been legendary. Beside, okay, so Diem definitely would be considered legendary, but anyone other than that, really, um, unless I'm totally forgetting anyone, I'll correct myself on Twitter if I am, but I can't think of anyone that's really not won the show and been legendary, so 
Jemmy's a little off with that one. Um, but another theme that comes up based off of Jemmy's confessional is that the show has changed a lot since a lot of these cast members have been a part of the show. It's no longer a show where you're just, you're dressed up in a chicken suit and you're carrying chicken feed and depositing it into other players' mouths or into a tube to fill that up. Or I think one challenge from the Inferno was driving a car and stopping it so that you wouldn't knock over a pile of glasses. Uh, it's no longer uh, like that. It's, it's an actual sport pretty much. A lot of people call the challenge the fifth major sport. Um, that's kind of a Bill Simmons term, uh, but it, it rings true. The the challenges they they compete in are extremely taxing physically and mentally, and you really have to be sharp in both aspects to do well on the show. So um, uh, that theme kind of arises from Jemmy's confessional, and it it, it is true. Um, with that being said. Uh, we move into the house, um, we get a little scene with Beth and Nehemiah, we kind of retouch the tenderoni scene, and I think it's just fantastic that both Beth and Nehemiah are on their se- this season, and we get to relive the little tenderoni moment from the duel, and it's just, it's great to see both of them out there and have both of them on the show, because they're, uh, they're great characters, and, that's just what it's all about. So we move on to a little foreshadowing scene with Ace, uh, who is talking about the prize that comes along with winning the show, the $500,000. Ace is talking about how money brings out uh, evil in anybody in his experience. And um, back in the day, people would kill each other to win a scooter on the show. So he can't imagine what they would do to win 500 grand. So a little foreshadowing to when Ace gets nominated in the towards the end of the show, but Ace brings up a couple points about um, what people do in the show and uh, overall the political um, the political jockeying that goes on throughout the show, uh, and he isn't really a big fan of that, but. Um, it it, it kind of just points towards later in the show when Ace uh, becomes the target of this uh, type of scheming, and um, he's just not about that, uh, and the show shows us that. And then we get another foreshadowing scene with our other elimination contestant, Letarian, who calls himself a silent assassin. Letarian is going to be very interesting. I don't remember watching him on the gauntlet. I did have one viewing of the gauntlet. Uh, when it was available to watch on YouTube. It's the season where the Miz uh, takes Coral to the end, and she kind of dies on them uh, Big Easy style in the final challenge, and they end up losing to the Road Rules team. I can't really remember who was on that Road Rules team. Besides, I think Darrell was on that team, but I can't really think of anyone else uh, that was there for that um, besides the Miz and Darrell and Coral. So... Uh, I think that I just thought that was a little interesting, but apparently he loses to Alton on the gauntlet. So he's here to redeem himself for that. And he's not worried about the political side of the game. And Letarian is definitely huge competitor. Um, you'll see it later uh, at the end of the show, but he's, he's uh, intense for sure. Jemmy says that she never even saw him crack a smile once the whole time they were there so far. And, uh, Letarian's going to be exciting to watch on the season, and he's a killer. He he, you'll we obviously see later. He he murders Ace, and then um, he's just intense and ready to really get down with anyone. So uh, a little foreshadowing for Letarian as well. So we get to see both of our elimination contestants kind of get into a little bit of foreshadowing and uh, really see uh, what they're thinking and how it'll affect later in the episode. So after that, uh, we see the challengers getting ready for the first challenge and they meet TJ uh, at the front of a little 
lake. And he introdu- introduces the challenge as the deep blue dive. You'll be split up into te- two teams of 11, uh, Team Copper and Team Silver. You have to go out to grab puzzle pieces, which are actually just numbers on blocks, which will help further solve the overall puzzle, which is kind of just a math equation. So it's it's pretty long division. I'm not going to uh, sit here and say that I am the greatest mathematician ever, but this division isn't really crazy hard. It, there's nothing really st- that could stump uh, someone that past high school. So I think the the end of the challenge, the problem was 639 divided by 71. That was the, the math equation to win. So um, these people are a lot older uh, and wisdom comes with age, uh, according to many. So these people should definitely be better at math than our challengers currently on the show, because you'll have you have a little bit of a younger cast on uh, the challenge proper. And uh, we're, we're expecting more from these um, these veterans of the show when it comes to math problems. So maybe the challenge producers wouldn't have given uh, problems uh, at this length to past competitors on the challenge proper. But they can give it to these uh, these uh, older competitors and see how they fare. Um, but we get into the challenge. Uh, we need to select two captains from each team. So it ends up being Letarian and Kellyanne for Team Copper. Anissa has a little confessional where she says she could easily be the captain of uh, Team Copper, but she doesn't want to step up in that role, um, which is wise from Anissa. She's, her and Darrell are the only two that have uh, been on the challenge proper recent to filming the challenge All-Stars. and. Uh, it kind of shows these two are both pretty sharp and know what to expect coming from uh, double agents right into this. And uh, they're 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 in the game right away. And you see that throughout the episode from Anissa, who has a pretty good showing overall. Um, I definitely think she's one of the best women on the show in this season, uh, as opposed to when you see her on the, the actual show. She... She tends to be uh, towards the bottom end normally on uh, our proper seasons, but she she's definitely one of the favorites for this one. She's still active in the regular show, so she has a leg up on a lot of the other competitors, so that gives her an advantage and makes her more of a favorite, but she has a, a little shrewd confessional there. But our captains for Team Copper end up being Letarian and Kellyanne. Uh, Kellyanne is... Uh, not the greatest challenger ever. She She's pretty much average, I'd say, when it comes to the challenge. She's a great character overall, but never really did anything too much in um, her time on the actual show, besides her making the final, and I believe the ruins with Sarah. Um, other than that, she, she isn't um, really renowned for doing a whole lot. Um, so... Those are our captains for Team Copper. Our captains for Team Silver are Hisela and Tech. Hisela is ready to go. She is kind of talking to her team before she gets nominated as a captain and says she has a can-do energy. Um, I really do like the energy from Hisela here. She's ready to compete, excited to prove herself to the team, and she's not going to back away from a challenge. And she's confident in herself, which is half the battle uh, when it comes to competing on the show. And I'm excited that uh, she steps up and she ends up doing really well and leading her team to a victory. But I'm getting ahead of myself there. Um, so those are our captains. Uh, and Nacella, um mentions uh, the theme I talked about earlier with how the game has changed. Uh, she, she says that um, in the past they were digging for sugar cookies in the sand. And uh, that kind of rings true, and it just shows um, a lot of these people don't really know what they're getting into, and we'll see that during the, the challenge, but it's just funny that she brings that up, uh, and you see that theme continued. Um, 
we also get a comparison from Big Easy. He mentions that um, the Copper team is pretty stacked. They have Mark and Derek and Darrell. No, sorry, not Darrell. They have Mark, Derek, Latarian, Ace. Um, so they're they're kind of stacked on that end. And Easy says that um, Team Silver is kind of looking like the Bad News Bears, which uh, just kind of makes them the underdogs to begin with. So it makes it more entertaining to see them eventually win. But uh, it's it's nice that Easy mentions that. Um, so we get into the challenge, and we find out that Yes is actually an architect and a math champ in his normal life. Uh, it's interesting to see that from Yes, um, who competed on the challenge 2000. So obviously 2000 was 21 years ago. It's a long time ago. That was the last time he appeared on any season of any MTV show. And he's an architect in his uh, normal life. So Yes is coming in this show kind of financially stable, I'd say. Architects make uh, a decent amount of money. So you, you see the reason Yes is here. He's here to compete and play the actual game. So uh, I know I keep saying I'm excited, but Yes is, has to be another person uh, you're stoked to watch play um, because he's here for the right reasons and uh, he's investing his time in something, um, not just for the money, but for the actual show itself. So, uh, just the fact that he's excited to be on the show for that reason, uh, makes me excited to watch him. And he, he also has a great challenge. I'll get into that in a second. Um, but we see a lot of people struggle uh, with this challenge. Uh, Arissa goes out there. She catches a huge cramp. We have John A almost drowning. Um, tech almost drowning comes back in and he has a great confessional where he says, uh, welcome to the senior edition of the challenge, uh, AKA recess at the old folks home. So you have, um, a lot of challengers struggling with this one. Um, a lot of people getting rescued by the staff on hand, um, because they're drowning in that freezing lake water and they need assistance with getting back to shore so definitely a big struggle and like I said earlier a lot of these people maybe got in a little over their heads with competing on the show but um, as long as they make good tv that's fine I'm just the quality of challenger might not be up to snuff of a normal challenge season um, but this isn't a normal challenge season it's uh, paramount plus and we're getting a lot more than we could possibly ask for. So um, watching some people struggle through a challenge is the least um, that anyone could be worried about. And overall, it was fine. You have you, but you kind of can see um, who the competitors are uh, based off of this um, and based off of who is able to uh, actually go out and grab uh, puzzle pieces for their teams. Um, Cause, uh, Along with um, the actual challenge at hand, there's a five-minute penalty for every player that has to come back when they go out. And every player on each team has to go out at least once to try and grab a piece um, before uh, they can send out another player. And every time that player comes back without a piece, uh, it's a five-minute penalty. So you see penalties across the board for both teams, um, and it's it's kind of comical because – the show plays a little buzzer sound as the players come back and it's, uh, it goes off, uh, early and often, uh, throughout the, throughout the challenge. You see Beth come back first and you hear that little sound and then, uh, pretty much every five seconds it's going off again and again. But, um, like I said, you can see the competitors uh, in this challenge come out and, uh, you can really see who's going to be the cream of the crop of this season. Um, the only outlier there is Latarian. Latarian is not able to, bring back a block but you see him later compete and uh, I'll get into that later obviously but um, the people that are able to score for their teams are out and Mark and Derek for Copper obviously we knew coming into the show that these guys would be uh, big competitors for the crown overall this season so no surprises really there uh, my favorite Allen is, is included in that so it's nice to see uh, my personal pick uh Really get his hands dirty there and score a team, a score a point for his team. And then the scores for our winners, Team Silver, are uh, Hisela with two, 
yes with three, easy with one, Jemmy gets one. She has a nice confessional about how she came out of retirement and she's ready to compete and it's all business for her. I liked the showing from Jemmy in this episode. Uh, I think the competitors on the women's side is it's pretty spread out. Uh, um, I'm still waiting for someone to really come out and present themselves as the favorite, but you have um, some nice showings from two of our girls here with uh, Sela and Jemmy, um, both being able to score. And finally, Darrell grabs three for his team and Nehemiah is able to grab one. So, uh, I might be wrong there. Darrell might grab two and Nehemiah grab two, but um, that's fine. You see, uh, yes, do the math problems first. So he's really the, I'd say the MVP for Silver along with Hasella. And you see TJ kind of point that out at the end of the challenge. He's excited for those two. And he says they really didn't miss a beat, uh, which is interesting uh, and kind of true. But it's just funny that, yes, hasn't been on the show in 21 years and he's able to kind of dominate a challenge off the bat. And uh, our architect is definitely um, his. Pro- this this men's side is is pretty stacked. You, you have a lot of competitors at the top that are uh, really strong. So yes, is in, in he's he's among great competition, but he there's some stuff that he can do better than anyone else. And you see that in this challenge come through as he's able to grab three blocks and do all the math. So a great showing from yes, uh, and the silver team comes away with the victory. Uh, they crush Team Copper 11-3, to despite Easy saying they were the bad news bears. Another thing that I was thinking of as I was watching the show was uh, these uncensored uh, scenes are definitely cool to see. You see more emotion from the uh, from the people in the game when the when the scenes are uncensored, and it, you, that comes out in... Uh, full force when you see easy with the huge celebration at the end and he's dropping f-bombs everywhere and he's just very excited to be back in the game and that uh his team team silver won so that was cool to see and after the challenge silver wins and tj is explaining to us how uh, the elimination will go down after that and we're kind of getting back to the roots of the challenge with the format of this season we have a men's day to start off, but uh, more importantly, the captains um, from the winning team are safe. So with it being a men's day, that would mean that Tech is safe. Um, Hesela is the other captain uh, for Team Silver. She receives a lifesaver for winning, so she can save the person nominated to go into elimination from the elimination. Uh, and it's unclear if what will happen after that, if they'll there will be a revote among the cast or if the person using the lifesaver will nominate the person to go in, but that'll obviously be revealed in the future because Anissa kind of alludes to how that's unclear and how it kind of twists up the game. So uh, you get the feeling that that something along those lines will come up later in the show um, and it'll be exciting to see how that works out then. But along with Hasella receiving the lifesaver and Tech being safe. The captain from a losing team, and it's being a men's day, would be Latarian. He is automatically going into elimination. And Kellyanne was the other captain, but nothing really is going on with her because she it's 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 a men's day. So you kind of see um the the roots of old challenge seasons, the bread and butter of the challenge with um clear nominations and uh clear rules on how someone's going in each time and um It'll, in my opinion, it'll lead to better strategy. Gold school strategy is kind of tough to sit through most of the time. It's kind of a, it ends up towards the end of the season, it gets really choppy with um, there always being someone that doesn't have a gold school when they automatically are going to be the house vote. And it kind of just leads to a kind of monotonous and boring uh, cycle of strategy in the game. And um, it being this way with the lifesaver and all is very exciting. And it, it shows that anyone can be in power any week as long as they're able to become the captain and win that lifesaver. So uh, I'm excited to see how that plays out. And if this goes well on uh, the Challenge All-Stars, the producers will hopefully um, 
were praying uh, erase the gold school twist from the proper show and bring back our bread and butter um, of just normal challenge format and strategy. So uh, we can one can dream and uh, we hope that does end up happening. But I'm just excited. I'm just excited that we will get to watch it play out that way on this season. So. Uh, we get back to the house. Uh, some great 90s music is playing. I believe it's 90s. I'm sorry uh, for listeners out there. I'm not sure if it's 90s music. Um, but uh, I am only 18, so I wasn't even alive in the 90s. I wasn't even alive while a lot of these people were making their debuts on television, which is kind of funny. But uh, forgive me if it's not 90s music, but some uh, some vintage music is playing. Some vintage MTV music is playing. And uh, we get to a scene with Latarian, who's talking to Cyrus about uh, competing, he's not worried about, well, he's he's worried about going in, but he's really intense, and he's he's ready to fight for a victory and uh, redeem himself from the gauntlet, and he wants to go against Ace in Elimination, who was on his team. Um, another thing uh, I forgot to mention that we find out during um, the challenge is that anyone from either team can be nominated to go into Elimination, so even if you win the challenge, like Team Silver does, Someone from Team Silver can get voted in by the house. So that might come up later with someone winning a challenge and still getting voted in if there's uh, some rivalries that um, kind of pop off. But uh, in this instance, Ace was on Team Copper with Letarian, um, which doesn't really matter in the grand scheme. Letarian wants to go against Ace because he actually doesn't know Ace until um, the show uh begins here on the Challenge All-Stars. He's pretty much familiar with everyone else on the cast besides Ace, so he doesn't know anyone. Well, he knows everyone besides Ace, so that's his reasoning for wanting to go in against Ace, but I think in Letarian's mind, it doesn't really matter who it is. He's ready to get in there and prove himself. Letarian is just fierce and intense, and uh, he's ready to go. Um, he's just overthinking it a bit uh, in his words, but Letarian is... He's uh he's definitely up to snuff. Um and uh that's that tends to be true with a lot of the road rules uh former cast members. They were always they always kind of had the upper hand uh in the early days of the challenge. Um the road rules competitors were uh, very strong and you saw that uh starting with Darrell, um who was pretty much the king of the show um for well, the top dog on the show, you could say, for uh, the the early stages. And then uh, you get into some of your real-world um, people as Road Rules kind of tails off and gets canceled. You get uh, a lot of the, the real-world guys that rose to prominence, like Landon and uh, Jordan and Bananas. So, um, but Letarian uh, was on Road Rules, which is uh, inherently a lot tougher than being on the real world where you're just living in a house um, but uh, even with Veronica, too, who won three challenges herself uh, in the early days, she was on road rules, um, which kind of also uh, leads to my point there, that uh, the road rules, people were a lot uh, more in it. Um, so you have that. Latarian's very excited and ready to go, and he wants to compete against Ace in elimination. Um, so we get into our nomination scene and it's it's pretty intense uh, towards the beginning. Cyrus kind of gets in there and reveals that Letarian has desires to go against Ace in elimination. So everyone is pretty much on board with that. But Ace is sort of upset about that. Um, there's a little discussion over fair ways to nominate people. And we don't really come to a conclusion, but we have people speaking up about how nominations should work. Mark Long thinks that if someone, uh, that being a team captain, wants to go against someone, it, it's totally fair game to uh, vote that person that the captain wants to go against in. But um, Ace brings up the point that people are just saying this and going along with this because it's not them on the chopping block, which is true to an extent. Um, Ace is right with that point. Um, at the end of the day, it's people wanting to see themselves. Uh, TJ said it himself. It is an individual game. So um, it's funny that Mark brings that up, but uh, both you can see the points from both sides. Um, and maybe Mark will be a captain in the future and will want to go against a weaker competitor in the game 
and uh, he'll be able to play that trump card um, when it comes to him later. So there's this, uh, it's multifaceted and uh, interesting strategy discussion, not like the craziest uh, stuff, but um, uh, it's interesting to see how everyone uh, thinks about um, the strategic aspect of the game. Um, Ace is calling people monsters, effing monsters to be exact, and uh, he believes he's an easy target because people know he won't really retaliate in any uh, real way. He'll just kind of be upset and show that he's upset, but he's not going to um, really attack anyone verbally or anything like that. So he, he thinks he's an easy target, and that's kind of true in Ace's uh, earlier seasons. He was always um, – he wasn't a bad competitor per se, but he was uh, always kind of – I don't want to say a pushover, but uh, – or a layup, but he was kind of an easy out because at some points he wouldn't take the game serious and – um, there was, he was always in uh, seasons where the, the mail cast was stacked, so it was tough for him to kind of find his footing there. And uh, he did make one final in the Inferno 3, but um, he didn't end up winning. So Ace is kind of right. He is an easy target, um, but uh, he does end up getting voted in unanimously. Arissa kind of is tentative about voting Ace in, but she ends up voting for him. Uh, Ace tells her to to kind of save her positioning in the game. So Ace is you voted in unanimously because of Latarian's wishes and overall um the house wants to grant Latarian his wish of going in. Nobody really wants to step on any toes at this point and that's fair for everyone. Uh they wanna position themselves in a way that they uh they won't become a target because they're standing up for someone that they're not really aligned with in Ace. So you can see the reasoning there. And Ace is kind of uh, casualty of that. So Ace is, is going in against Letarian. Um, it's set. Ace puts his name on the board. Uh, our first elimination is set, and we can go back to the house and have a party. So it's a 90s party. Uh, nothing really crazy going on during the party besides the party itself. These challengers party a lot better than um, the challengers on the challenge double agents this season. You can see that right away. Um, these people are actually partying despite being older than the youngins on double agents. So you can stop. You, this is, I keep, I keep saying it's a vintage uh, challenge season um, so far. And that rings true with the party as well. Um, it's kind of something that's been lost in newer seasons of the challenge. Where it's, it's focused more on um, different types of drama and you don't get to see uh, like the cast members go out and uh, drink and have a good time, uh, which creates a whole different set of drama. So you're seeing different uh, things happening when the characters are going out to party. And uh, it's not a bad thing per se, but uh, it's enjoyable to watch them kind of live it up and uh, relive their, their glory days. And um, it's it's just fun to see uh, these these people kind of get back into the, the old life they lived when they were cast members of MTV and they they were kind of just partying all the time. And uh, Anissa has a nice uh, quote where she says, this is what they do. Uh, they party. So um, it, it was a fun party, but nothing really popping off there. Just everyone having a good time. And I thought I would point out that um, they party better than the challengers today. And then another thing was that Ace was kind of dressed up as an Assassin's Creed character. Uh, he thought it was an 1890s party, he says. And it's just funny that... Um, He's, he's, he was dressed like that. So uh, the party's over. We flash the next day. Latarian is talking to Cyrus again. He's just uh, in his head a little bit about the challenge coming up. But uh, overall, he's excited and uh, ready to go in. And you see Ace talking about uh, what he'd do with the prize money if he won. And we're ready to get into the elimination. So this is kind of the... Um, the exciting climax to the episode. We've reached the end, uh, and we've entered TJ's arena. He calls it the arena. Uh, he introduces our matchup with Ace and Latarian, and he poses the question to Sella if she would like to use the lifesaver on Ace, <clears throat> which she does not end up doing. She cites the Gauntlet 2 confessional from Ace that she was dead weight on their team, and it's it's just great to see them uh, bring that back up on the show, 
and that be part of the reason that she does not use the lightsaber on Ace. Um, it just shows that the depth of the Challenge All-Stars uh, and how <clears throat> deep-rooted some of the stuff on this season is. And it's it's just fun to see uh, something like that come up. Um, something that happened in 2005 is affecting the game in 2021, and that just shows uh, why the challenge is different from all these other reality shows. These people are not new to um, each other, and they have history together, which makes everything that much more exciting on the show. Uh, so we see Hasella, um not using the lightsaber, so we're, we're, we're ready to go. TJ tells us what the elimination will be. It's a pole wrestle. Latarian doesn't know what that is at first, but when he finds out, he's extremely excited to be in a physical elimination with Ace. And he's the favorite. Latarian's a big guy. He's a personal trainer, um, a former football player. So <clears throat> Latarian definitely has the advantage over Ace uh, when it comes to not only mentality, because you see menta- his mentality throughout the episode. He's the silent assassin, as he says. He's ready to he's ready to take, uh, take on Ace. Um, but he's also... Um, physically stronger uh, at the same time so he's excited to get into a physical challenge once he finds out what the pole wrestle actually is ace is not as excited to be in the pole wrestle um he uh kind of says f you to the producers um for making him do it um it's just funny that derek is also on the sideline for this because derek is the king of the pole wrestle despite losing to wes he's had some epic battles with joss uh and wes alike uh, in the pole wrestle and he's just um He's kind of, I would, I would call him the king of pole wrestling, despite him losing, um, both of them actually. So, well, not, he, he won against Josh, but Joss, sorry, he won against Joss, but, um, in a, in a controversial matter. Um, but he, he is the king of the pole wrestling. But, uh, we get into our elimination. Like I said, we have Ace versus Latarian. And Latarian just dominates Ace. First round. Ace is on the ground, Latarian standing over him, rips it out of Ace's hands, goes up one nothing. Um, you only need two points to win. So we get into the second round, and Latarian is just literally slamming Ace uh up and down against the ground. Just interesting to see Ace get uh I would I want to say dominated in this manner. He's he's picking him up like he's he's a brag of groceries and just slamming him down against the ground. Um, repeatedly, Anissa compares it to a plunger, which is another uh, apt comparison. Uh, Ace is just getting completely uh, done in by Latarian, and it's it's tough to watch at points when uh, Ace is just banging against the ground. But uh, Latarian is able to wrestle the ball out of his hands, um, and that's not a shocker to anybody after watching the first round and uh, how what was happening to Ace in the second round. Ace Ace puts up a decent fight, but he's no match for Latarian. And I talked about Latarian's intensity earlier in the episode, and uh, it, it shines through here. And it, it kind of puts Latarian up there with the other guys on the show. Um, he's not someone to be messed with. You see his physicality here, and that's half the eliminations uh, are, are physical. Uh, and if you go in there against Latarian, it's going to be a battle. I think there's definitely some people on, on the show that can beat him, but it's going to be it's going to be a tough He's definitely a tough out after uh, seeing that. So we have Latarian winning, re-entering the house. We see Ace uh, kind of give a farewell. Uh, I want to say it's fitting that Ace is the first person to be eliminated from the show because in his prior season of the challenge, like I talked about, he's kind of the pushover. He goes home earlier in a lot of the seasons he's competing on. Uh, and so it's kind of fitting that he is gone here in this spot um it's it's hard, it's sad to see him go ace is great uh great attitude and overall um spirit when it comes to the challenge but um it, it is uh someone had to be the first one to go and um, i i want to say it's fitting that it was him um based off his past um but that's pretty much it for our episode tj uh kind of he he tells challengers now you see uh, what's going on here. It's, it's going to be it's going to be tough to win that five hundred thousand dollars, and you better be ready to compete. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. We uh, we leave on that, and I want to say that was a fantastic episode of the challenge. I really enjoyed a lot of that. Um, besides uh, the struggles that we saw 
um, in the, the daily itself. But I want to say I was kind of expecting something like that to happen. These people are up there in age. I don't want to uh, be rude or anything about that, but um, they're they're older. Uh, a, a comparison to the Champions Tour of the PGA would would be apt, um, and it's just <laughs> it was funny to see something like that. But overall, uh, a fantastic episode of the show, and uh, I'm like, very excited for uh, the next episode this Thursday. Uh, and the challenge is back. Uh, we have more challenge content coming our way. Um, despite double agents wrapping up in the next couple of weeks, we have nine episodes of All Stars. We have 21 people left in the game, so I'm not sure how they're going to fit all this into um, nine episodes. But it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Uh, and it was just overall a good episode. Uh, very satisfied, uh, and uh, it, it exceeded my expectations of what would happen uh, in. Um, the Challenge All-Stars. So excited for next week. Uh, I don't know if they'll do two eliminations per episode. We'll find out how all that works out coming up. But uh, that's that's it for episode one. I want to finish up the show by going over my favorites. Uh, for next week's episode, Alton is still my number one guy on the show. I think, uh, like I said earlier, if he's, if he's in it to win it, he's – got a great chance away. He he can perform well in pretty much all of these eliminations, um, them being physical or mental. And he overall, he's probably the most athletic and not, not the strongest, but uh, the most adaptable physically um, there. So he's my favorite for the guys. And then for the girls, it would be Jemmy, uh, who had a nice showing. And overall, he's one of the younger people on the cast. And uh, has been on the show more recently than anyone, everyone else and knows what to expect. And uh, I think she, along with Hesela, uh, who is second for me, is uh, the top girl. So that's pretty much going to do it for me. And that's my uh, thoughts on this first episode of the Challenge All-Stars. It was great uh, being here to talk about it um, to the people out there. Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to this today. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at DuskaTweeter, which is D-U-S-K-A-T-W-E-E-T-E-R. And you can listen, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast here uh, and visit uh, my website at DuskaPop.com for more coverage on reality television. So I want to thank everyone out there and have a good one.